Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is winning season at my bookie. Use promo code GATERS on a deposit of $50 or more and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by BetterHelp. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Gators and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Gators. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC and at Gators Breakdown as well. Coming at you right here with a Florida-Kentucky preview. The Gators travel to Lexington for a noon kickoff on ESPN. Trying to make it where Kentucky doesn't win three straight over the Gators. So we'll get into a little preview here, a little prediction at the end of the episode as well. Lots to get into uh, about this matchup here between the Gators and the Wildcats. So everybody like this video if you're watching this live. Everybody, thank you so much for checking us out live right here on Gators Breakdown. I had to adjust the schedule a little bit today with some uh, technical issues on the uh, Discord. We'll go hold a little Gators Breakdown Plus chat. So uh, that'll be on Thursday now. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, decided to go ahead and put out this preview episode. So if you're joining me live right here with not much of a heads up, thank you so much for doing that. But either way, if you're watching the replay, like, subscribe, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Check out GatorsBreakdown.com. Billy Napier's SEC teleconference is up there uh, from earlier today as well. You get to hear from Graham Mertz on Monday, Caleb Banks uh, as well. So he spoke to the media and then, of course, a lot of stuff like going on at Gators Breakdown Plus. You get those ad-free episodes. Lots going on there as well that Discord's always hopping. Good stuff going on at Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description right there to join. And lots and lots to get into on this. I mean, this, a, this, a, this was a fun one to break down a little bit. Kentucky's still kind of that mystery team. Haven't really played anybody yet. Florida's going to be, by far, I think, the best team they've played. Uh, of course, in event, they opened up SEC play last week with Vanderbilt, jumped up to a big lead, let Vanderbilt crawl back a little bit, and then they separated themselves from the Commodores to get their first SEC victory uh, last week. So, um, yeah, this a, it's a, a team we don't know still yet a whole lot about when the Gators go there and take on Kentucky. So. You're part of this. Kentucky, they're a one-point favorite as a home team. One-point favorite. The over-under is 44. How confident are you? I see a lot of confidence in these Gators, especially with the depth chart coming out. And Eugene Wilson, listen, as a starter. Trey Wilson there. Kingsley Aguak in that center. Hey, does that change your mind a little bit where, hey, you want to go throw some money on this game? You can do it at my bookie. 
NFL, college ball, brand new cash out system gives you options to bet and win all season long right there at my bookie. The first two legs of your parlay hit and cash out early and place another bet or let it ride for a chance at a bigger payday. Join us at my bookie for an entire season filled with daily odds boost, same game parlays and huge prize pool contest. Right now, my bookie has no strings attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Use promo code Gators on your first deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly credited to your MyBookie account. That's promo code Gators to claim your own cash bonus now. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my friends at MyBookie. All right, let's get into this Kentucky offense. Uh, that's where we'll start right here. Uh, and the Gators going on the road to take on there. Take on those Kentucky Wildcats, and of course, let's start at David Leary, the quarterback there, transfers in from NC State right there at Kentucky, um, and you, you look at his stats, you know, he's third in the SEC when passing touchdowns with nine, uh, passing yards per completion, 14, basically at 14 and a half, that ranks fourth in the SEC, passing yards per game at 265, that's sixth in the SEC, passing yards 1,060, that's seventh in the SEC, but then yards per attempt, 8.62, that's eighth. Uh, in the SEC. Uh, and then you keep looking at passing efficiency, 147.8. It's only good for 10th in the SEC. Completions per game, 18.25. That's 10th in the SEC. His completion percentage, sitting right there at 59.3%, 13th in the SEC. Not completing the balls that he should be. That's what they, they thought they were getting a little better there in him transferring there from NC State. And I, I was digging a little bit deeper. And interesting red zone stats uh, for Leary here. He's only 5 of 11 in the red zone. But four of those, five, have gone for touchdowns. 5 of 11 overall, but four of the five have gone for touchdowns, with the longest being a 13-yarder. Three of those touchdowns have come inside the 10-yard uh, mark there. So... Five completions in the red zone, four of those going for touchdowns, three of those four inside of 10 yards. Of those three touchdowns, two came on third down and goal to go. So, Leary, overall, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, Gary Jr. Sonny pointed out on YouTube, you know, you go back and look at the last episode of Gators Breakdown, had our opponent outlook, my good buddy Kevin there, look, talking about Kentucky. Uh, and those five interceptions, uh, Gary Jr. Sonny made sure to point out on YouTube, um, two were deflected at the line of scrimmage, and one went off a of receiver's hands. The other two were pretty bad. Uh, so, still, that's five interceptions. If two were deflected at the line of scrimmage, okay, well, that's that, that's something there. <laughs> that's something maybe Florida can put their hands on the ball uh, and, and create some turnovers here. So, you look at Devin Leary, I mean, of course, a lot of experience, brings a lot of experience from NC State, to Kentucky, pre, good pre-snap recognition. He's very accurate in the short area, but not – that was the – overall, when you look at his NC State, that's kind of been his MO, uh, but he's pushing the ball down the field a little bit more here at Kentucky. And even – he was talking about it this week, saying, you know, and, and him, Lee, offensive coordinator Liam Cohen, uh, basically saying, you know, that's been a little more of the offense than we thought. So they're trying to settle him down, create a little bit of balance, and we'll see if that balance comes this week against Florida. But, you know, he's pretty good at leveraging throw away from the, de the defenders. Uh, he'll give his covered receivers a chances, uh, a lot of chance. He's good at the back shoulder throw. So watch for that 
Watch the back shoulder throw there uh, with these receivers and Leary. Uh, but he can move within the pocket a little bit, create some throwing lanes, extend plays. He's only been sacked four times this year, and that's some of that is his ability to extend plays. And it got that um, you know snappy release. Uh, can fit the ball in some tight windows here. Uh, but some weaknesses where I think you know, Florida can pick up on struggles with post-snap rotations. Uh, so I think that could really help Florida. And Austin Armstrong is what he's shown on defense so far this year. Uh, his velocity, his arm strength isn't the best in the world. Uh, and then, of course, he's got that injury history. A little smaller frame for quarterback. Will take some hits. Uh, so he's only been sacked four times, but look for him on the move that he doesn't shy away from contact. Uh, so he will take some hits. Uh, and a lot of that's of his own doing. So, um, But given the injury history at the same time, Probably want him to limit, if you're Kentucky, want him to limit those hits. So, all in all, so far this year, inconsistent. Larry has been more aggressive down the field than he was at NC State. His average depth per target is 11.6 yards. Uh, of his 123 pass attempts this season, 18, almost 19% have had an average depth of 20 yards or more. And he's connected on about 35% of those attempts. So, you know, not great at going down the field right now. Um, when they do connect, they're for big yardage, uh, but the percentage is not there. Um, Leary is completing, as I mentioned, 59.3% of his passes. That's on pace to be his lowest completion percentage since his freshman season at NC State in 2019. And that was 48%. So he has not been the same quarterback he was at NC State so far at Kentucky. So the theme for Kentucky this week is to try to find a balance between balance and explosion. You know, can he be conservative when he needs to be? Can he check the ball down when he needs to? Things we saw at NC State that we haven't necessarily saw at Kentucky yet. We're trying to find that balance between being conservative at the right time and the explosion. As for the Kentucky run game, Kentucky has Nine runs of 20 yards or more this season. That's helped the team average five and a half yards per carry. Most of that being Ray Davis. He's leading the way. The Vanderbilt transfer, 6.3 yards a carry. However, when taking out those 20-yard runs, don't get me wrong, they count. But there's inconsistency in, the, in, in, in Kentucky's run game as well. More so than it definitely has been in the past. You heard that on the last episode uh, in our opponent outlook there, but take out those 20-yard runs. The team is only averaging 2.9 yards a carry is Kentucky. So there's a lot of big runs. You limit those big runs. They haven't been able, haven't been able to really be consistent in the run game either. So take out those 20-yard runs. If Florida can limit those, if you can keep Kentucky around that 2.9-yard average, Florida's only given up three point three and a half yards of carry right now. So you like the matchup. You do like the matchup right now if you can hold Ray Davis in check. That's 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 the one. That's the one right there. And that uh, no, nobody outside of him has done much in the run game uh, there for Kentucky. So usually, you know, they got a usually got a couple good backs, but you know, given last year their offensive line struggles and this year so far as well, uh, just not very consistent. There's this very inconsistent team right now, much like Florida in, in some ways on offense, but um, not necessarily being able to count the run game like they have been in the past. So I really like Florida to generate pressure uh, in this game, and I really like Florida to do it up the middle. You know, Kentucky's had issues blocking on the interior, and while they are better on the offensive line than they were last year, 
I do not think they are prepared for this Florida front. I do think this is where the schedule so far catches Kentucky off guard a little bit and going against this Florida defensive front. Um, so far, you know, this is not the same Devin Leary that lit up the ACC in 2021. Um, Leary threw for 35 touchdowns and just five interceptions in 2021. So this was the, that was the, the worry of the, if you're going against Kentucky, that was the Devin Leary you were going to get. So five interceptions in his great season of 2021, he already has five this year. As I said, there are some disclaimers there if you want to, but still, that plays into it. And he's played nowhere near the defense he's about to play on Saturday. How weird does that sound to say, talking about Florida? <laughs> Four games in, we know this defense is a whole lot better. Really good test this week. Uh, but you know, blocking, movement, blocking defensive movement has been an issue for Kentucky going back to last season and so far this season as well. So the Gators slant, stunt into gaps, try and confuse the Kentucky offensive line, create some havoc. This is some, something Kentucky's been working on all week. And look, it's havoc. It's havoc that I want to see. Sack numbers, yeah, we may go back and look at the end at, at the end of this game and say, all right, that played a factor. But for me, I'm looking at pressures. I'm looking at havoc rate. Can Florida just put pressure on Devin Leary? Make him get the ball ready before he, you know, rid of the ball before he's ready to, maybe leading to some errant passes and some more interceptions thrown by him. So that sacks all well and good. But the pressure, at least the pressure needs to be there. So surprisingly, you know, so far, Kentucky has thrown the ball a little bit more than they've run it. But they may choose to be a little more physical this week. And if so, look for Ray Davis to be that guy. And one more thing I want to throw out here about this. Liam Cohen comes back, the offensive coordinator for Kentucky. He was the offensive coordinator a couple of years ago, and everybody's – was going back and looking at, okay, well, can he replicate what he did two years ago? And that's when you had Will Levis and you had Wondell Robinson there at wide receiver. That's been the issue. I mean, Kentucky's got some good receivers. They're spreading the ball out between their top three receivers. They do not have a Wondell Robinson. Now, maybe that's something they're kind of keeping under wraps here until they play Florida. That would be something I would look for. Is that something Liam Cohen, yeah, he had Rondell Robinson. He was That offense ran through Wondell Robinson a couple of years ago. They do not have another Wondell Robinson, but do they have anything like him? Do they have a player that they want to use like him? There's nobody on the roster that will replicate what he did a couple of years ago, game in and game out. But are they saving some kind of wrinkle for Florida? In that regard. So look out for that. Look out for that. Look at if they, if they try and get creative ways to get a wide receiver the ball if you're looking at Kentucky. But yeah, that, that's, that, that offense has not looked the same from Lee and Cohen two years ago to this year because they do not have a Wondell Robinson. And honestly, the offensive line's not good. The running game's not as good. Uh, but that offense ran through Robinson. They don't have that this year. So I think Cohen's still trying to figure out his way as well with Leary struggling a bit, the offensive line no, nowhere near as good, and trying to find something that's a little more consistent at receiver. Kentucky's been struggling with drops uh, at the same time uh, th- th- this season a- as well. So the weapons just aren't the same as they were two years ago for Cohen. All right. There's your offensive preview for the Kentucky Wildcats. And we'll move to the other side of the ball. But before we do, Gators Breakdown is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. 
Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career or relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. I've seen firsthand the difference therapy can make with a family member and the relationship is better, stronger than ever before. It's hard to take care of life's challenges if you don't take care of yourself first. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp brings therapy to you. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Gators and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gators. Now we'll go to the Florida offense and the Kentucky defense matchup. And this is where I go so, so much back and forth. This is the, this is the one that gets me the most. Kentucky has played Florida's offense so well the last few years. And a lot of that's been Mark Stoops being able to stop a running Florida quarterback from running all over him and waiting for an offense to mess up. And I still think that might be their plan of attack here is make Florida's offense march. And we've seen Florida's offense march up and down the field, not be able to score in the red zone. But what has hurt Florida against Kentucky in playing that style recently is Florida will turn the ball over. There will be some dumb turnovers, and Florida just kind of shoots themselves in the foot. So can Florida pass to set up the run, or will they need to? That's where I go back and forth. The depth chart comes out here on this Wednesday as we record. Kingsley Aguacan is back at center. That really helps Florida. No more suspensions from the Tennessee game, so you get your best five out there. This Florida run game without Kingsley has struggled versus Utah. Last week versus Charlotte, but you get Kingsley back now. So I do think that's going to be a big benefit for the Gators. Will they need to pass to set up the run, or will the run game be there right away? I don't know what Florida's early plan of attack will be. I think Kentucky's going to make it look like they want Graham Mertz to beat them right away. Can he pass over the top? Can he take care of the ball? Can he not kill Florida? Completion percentage has been there, so if Kentucky wants to play that style, Florida may be able to march up and down the field with short, intermediate passes, what Graham Mertz has excelled at so far. So it may actually play into how the Florida offense has looked so far if they're going to allow Florida to dink and dunk. And maybe you break a tackle. Eugene Wilson's back in the lineup. That's big for the Gators. We saw how much he was involved in the early on versus Tennessee. In that game, trying to get him involved, Ricky Pearsall, I think Wilson makes him better as well. It makes this wide receiver core a little more versatile. But can Florida open it up down the field if they need to? There's been issues with receivers not getting open, all of them being covered, even when there's more than, quote-unquote, you know, the two receivers that everybody hates going out by themselves. But even last week when Florida would throw out three receivers, four receivers, there were a lot of times all those guys were covered. So getting creative with Wilson in the passing game and in the run game, I think will be key for the Gators here. But this run game so far, certainly not where it has been. Certainly not where it was last year, but I'm not ready to write it off yet. We're going to see 
Barber, Leonard, Kingsley, Mazuka, George as the five in this game starting. Cam Waits is now listed second team. Maybe he's adding some depth to this Gator offensive line. We'll see if he gets any action at all. But a good performance or bad performance is going to tell me a lot. A good performance means they can do this against a lot of the schedule. Kentucky up there right now haven't really played anybody, but not giving up any rushing yards, doing what they're supposed to do with that schedule. But if Florida goes out there, puts a good rush performance on paper, that means Florida will be able to do this against a lot of the schedule. Struggle, and then I still think it's wait-and-see mode for the most part, but it will certainly tell me the run game will be inconsistent this season. But how, you know how much? How much of it's going to depend on how much Kentucky stacks the box, how much Florida decides to test it. But you know, there's been this take-what-the-defense-gives-us style, and that could work out for Florida. So Mertz is either going to have to pass well enough to make Florida pay or Florida just won't let Kentucky dictate it this time. Florida finds a way to get pushed in the run game anyway and or get creative in the run game to get yards on Kentucky. I mean, if there's a lot of confidence in this offensive line, you got your best five out there, Kentucky may be able to stack the box, but maybe you get your yards anyway. But how often will Florida run into a stack box and how often will they ask Graham Mertz to pass over a stack box? And a lot of that's on Mertz as well. Making the right checks at the line. If he feels comfortable in the what Kentucky's defense is showing him, he's going to have to take advantage. But I, I think this really benefits Mertz a lot. Because past matchups is Florida just not taking advantage of what the defense has given them. I'm usually against that style of play. I want an offense that dictates the defense, not the other way around. But so far with what we've seen from Graham Mertz in this Florida offense, it plays in Florida's hands a little bit. But you've got to capitalize in the red zone. If you found your field goal kicker, we'll see if anything changes on the road there with Trey Smack. But Kentucky doesn't want to give up runs, doesn't want to give up deep balls, so they may be content with Florida, Dinkin and Duncan, but you can't kill yourself and you've got to capitalize in the red zone. That's the biggest worry. I think Florida will probably put up yards if that's what Kentucky's going to give them like they have been in years past. Finish the drill this time. Last time on the road at Utah, that's what killed Florida. You know, so cannot have the dumb penalties. Got to be able to take advantage of what Kentucky is giving you. They're going to give it to you. You cannot kill yourself. How many carries does ETN get? I think when we go back at the end of this game, that's going to be the one stat we look at. and. I'm going to say pair that with the passing attempts for Graham Mertz. You guys know know I've been keeping up with it a little bit, but if Florida is around that 30 passing attempt game, when Billy Napier's calling plays, that does not bode well for Florida. The highest pass attempts Florida has won a game with under Billy Napier is last year at Texas A&M with 28 pass attempts. So if it's around 30, that does not bode well for Florida historically under Billy Napier. So that tells you most of the time the run game at least has to be there to complement the passing game. You cannot ask Graham Mertz to win this game. As good as he's been with completion percentage, Florida's offense is stalled in the red zone because they cannot run the ball. 
And we may not be going and looking at yards, but maybe we need to go back and look at how the Florida run games performs in the red zone. Because right now, when it has struggled in the red zone, Florida cannot put touchdowns on the board. That's where it's been hurting for him. So look how many rushes ETN has. Maybe look at how many rushes ETN has in the red zone. Maybe how many explosives he has and pair that with passing attempts. Because if it's around 30, that Florida will... And, and put it away. That's the reason I say look for that 30 passing attempt, Mark. Because if Florida wins this, and it's around the 30, and if it's 30 or more, then you can go out there and say, well, Florida finally did it. Florida won a game when they had to put the ball in the quarterback's hands to go win a game. So let's keep up with it. Hopefully, hopefully that changes. At some point, it's going to have to for Napier. You're going to have to throw the ball 30 times and go win a game at some point. So if Graham has to throw 30 times, hopefully Saturday would be the first time that you got 30 attempts and you actually go win a game. You don't have to rely on the run game so much. Kentucky is yet to play a game where the opponent has rushed for 100 yards. They're only allowing 77 and a half rushing yards a game, but we know the schedule. They haven't played a rushing attack like this anyway, either. So something's got to give there. That's one reason I do kind of like the matchup, especially with Florida starting five. I do think the run game will be there much better than it was versus Utah. Much better. But at the same time, you know, Florida cannot shoot themselves in the foot with the procedural penalties, get behind the sticks to where you have to pass. A couple players to look out for on Kentucky. Linebacker Trevin Wallace, team high 25 tackles so far this year, three and a half sacks and a forced fumble. Cornerback Maxwell Hairston is right behind him with 23 tackles, three interceptions, two of them pick sixes last week versus Vanderbilt. So Maxwell Hairston, playmaker out there for Kentucky, in making tackles and picking the ball off. Uh, let's go back to Wallace right quick, though. Um, he's been incredible, been really good, incredible as the off-ball pressure linebacker. So watch. We've seen Graham Mertz get hit. We've seen you know, some, some pass rushers get into the backfield. Watch Trevin Wallace right there for Kentucky. Speaking of penalties, as I just mentioned it for Florida, and it's weird for Kentucky because they've had all these home games, but Kentucky's the second most penalized team in the SEC right now. So the, Kentucky's doing a lot of things to hurt themselves uh, so far this year. It's been penalties, and it's been dropping passes from receivers, you know, and the inconsistent play at quarterback. So the penalties are you know, kind of crazy. Early in the season, outmatched opponents. Maybe the focus isn't there. But you know, every time, guys, we sit here and say Kentucky hasn't played anybody till they play Florida, and they flip that switch. But I do think it plays a difference this year. I do not, and it's funny because Florida's defense, for as bad as they've been the last few years, hasn't really struggled against Kentucky. But this still has they they have not seen a defense like this at all this year. I do think this is going to catch them by surprise a bit. They're still not consistent up front in the offensive line. I do think it's going to be a surprise. All right, so, guys, this is probably going to be a close game, so let's take a look at a couple of aspects here that can be the difference. If it's going to be a close game, something to watch for that you cannot let kill you if you're Florida is kickoff return. And Billy Napier praised Trey Smack this week, and I think this is going to go a lot further 
this week than it probably has in quite some time. Billy Napier praised Trace Mack for his ability to kick touchbacks. Guys, do not overlook that. Every kickoff needs to be a touchback against Kentucky. Just to remove the chance of Barry and Brown returning a kick for a big gain or a touchdown. He's the player I'm looking out for on offense as well. They're going to try and get anybody involved in that Wandell Robinson role. As for you, Liam Cohen, probably looking for that. Look out for Barry and Brown, but look out for him on kickoff return. Last year, he concluded a regular season ranked 31st in the country and 5th in the SEC in kickoff return average at 28.3 yards per run back. So far this year, in the season opener versus Ball State, he took a 99-yard kickoff return to a, for a touchdown. So started this week off, and now through week four, Brown is ranked 5th in the country in kickoff returns, averaging 33.2 yards per return. So Billy Napier praised Trace Mack, kick it out of the back of the end zone. Do not give Barry and Brown a chance. Do not let that be the difference in a close game of why you could possibly lose this game. He should not get one kickoff return on Saturday. So there we go. That's the, that's the little small thing I wanted to look out for. Special teams have hurt Florida. In various aspects so far this year, do not let that be one of them. I'm saying I will be disappointed. Now, I don't know what the weather's going to be. I don't know how windy it's going to be or anything like that. I don't think it's supposed to be an issue. But look out if he gets a chance. Now, I mean, and hopefully you're kicking it out of the back of the end zone because if Florida puts up some scores, say he gets up by 10, a couple of scores, and the kickoff only goes five yards into the end zone. Maybe look for Brown to get create a spark. Maybe look for him to bring it out anyway. So if you're Trace Mack and you can, kick, just kick it out of the back of the end zone. Do not even give him a chance. Don't give him a chance. Do not lose this game because of a kickoff return. So I do think, yeah, overall, lack of competition for Kentucky, I think it's going to hurt them. Finally playing this Florida defense. They haven't seen anything like it. I like Florida bringing back their offensive line as well. So I do think Florida's going to win the trenches in this game. It's going to look different than the Utah game. I'm going 27-17 Gators. 10-point win in Lexington. They're favored by one. I was originally around 24-17-ish. Give me another field goal with Wilson back in the lineup. I do think Florida's still probably going to have some red zone issues. I don't think they're going to score every time they get down there. So, you know, I got Florida for two field goals here. Uh, three touchdowns, two field goals, and holding Kentucky to 17 points. I think Florida's defense is still going to control the game for the most part. Now, watch out for the explosives, of course. Kentucky doing a pretty good job this year, at least hitting the explosive, but they're just not consistent. Do they take some of their explosion away by trying to get better balance play in the passing game? So... No, that's just a little cat and mouse game, I think, when you look at it. But I'm going Gators here, guys. 27-17. Gators. All right, there we go. What's up, chat? Finally had a chance to slide it over right here. Matt S., how many defense and special teams score for Kentucky? I'm going to say none. I'm going to say none. 
Harrison, Harrison, I know, man, it was going through my mind too. No, Dave, we need you to pick Kentucky after the Tennessee game. <laughs> hey, I got to get one right at some point. I got to get one right at some point. So uh, <laughs> I want to, uh, I definitely uh, hope I'm right here. Hope I'm right on this one. Hey, look, I, one thing I will, I'm going to point out, I put it in the Discord earlier. Since he was listed on the depth chart, I think we saw a glimpse of it versus Tennessee. I'll take it a little further. Maybe a bold prediction, but maybe not so bold. This is the coming out party for Trey Wilson. Trey Wilson going to make a name for himself on Saturday. And Earlier this week, I was more 50-50 on this game. Now, don't get me wrong. Billy Napier won for six on the road as Florida head coach. The win being last year at Texas A&M. That's got to change at some point. I was more 50, I was closer to 50-50. I think I've been leaning Florida the whole time, especially since Tennessee. I've been leaning Florida the whole way anyway. But, man, something's got to change on the road. Got to put some better performances on the road. Has not been pretty on the road lately for the Gators. But at the same time, you know, Kentucky's been a hard team to get a feel for. I do not think they have shown everything. I think they knew this was going to be their first big game of the season. They did not have to unleash a whole lot versus those opponents. Probably not a whole lot versus Vanderbilt last week. This would be if they got the wrinkles, the wrinkles will be in this game. So got to just watch for all kind of trick plays. Be prepared for formations you probably haven't seen much of from Kentucky this year as well. There's going to be time where Florida just has to play some sound defense. You don't have to make a big play. Don't let the window dressing, don't let the trick play beat you. But all right. Uh, I'm starting Bryce Thornton going to play. I, I think so. He's making a name for himself there. Um, staff is really liking where he's at so far uh, as a true freshman. I mean, keep going about it, guys. I mean, I've not talked about it all week, and I've been asked on a couple radio shows and different podcasts, that, hey, what's the difference between this defense this year? It's the young guys making a difference and how deep Florida is up front. I mean, when you really want to break it down to the basics, that's what it is. Deeper, more talented up front, and young guys stepping up. Second-year players, true freshmen stepping up. Now, that could also be the worry when you go on the road. I mean, this is, you know, Florida's going to have to prove us a whole lot now. I mean, I'm picking Florida to win this game, but there, there is a prove it in going on the road and winning. Uh, some updates from Billy Napier's press conference today. It was right before I went live here. Um, it does sound like practice went a whole lot better this week than it did last week. We heard the worry. Heard the concern of the Tuesday-Wednesday practice last week after Tennessee ahead of Charlotte not being all that good. Much better this week, Billy Napier says, with the veteran players and the younger players following those guys and really, really leading to some quality work. Um, and Napier's looking at turnover margin. Uh, he says in the SEC, uh, the, win, the team that wins a turnover margin in the SEC wins three out of four games. Uh, so, of course, we know how much that plays into it. Uh, explosives, Billy Napier, something says he's looking for as well, something we want to see more from this offense. And so turnovers, explosion, that's what Billy Napier's looking for uh, in this game. But the big news, of course, getting Kingsley back at center and Trey Wilson coming back, 
who I expect to have a pretty big, pretty big game right there for the Gators. And one more time before I go, before I wrap it up here, I mean, kind of one more time back against the wall, not as much as it was against Tennessee, but I hope that's what the team feels. Um, go out there and prove you can win on the road. Go out there and prove you can have some momentum. That's what we're looking for. Defensively, it's been there all year. Offensively, time to start stacking. Time to start stacking some good performances together. Time to start being a little more consistent in some complimentary football between the run game and the pass game. And for, hopefully, no gaffes on special teams. I already mentioned the kickoff, but what about the, the, have 11 guys on the field? Don't catch a punt on the one-yard line. Don't let one bounce to the one-yard line if it didn't need to. I mean, when Florida goes on the road, we know the issues there. Don't do the things that are going to kill you. Don't beat yourself. Don't beat yourself. A lot of that is on special teams. That's got to improve. Got to improve. All right, guys. Um, thank you so much. Uh, right here to one more. What's going on with Kamari Wilson? Guys, I just I don't expect him to play this year, and I'd be very surprised if he was on the Gators roster next year. Uh, I think you can read the window dressing. I think you can read the, the writing on the wall. Um, That's just not much there right now. Uh, so that's where we're at with that one. Austin Rogers, for the love of God, feed seven and get seven. I'm assuming that means feed ETN and get a touchdown. <laughs> Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Look, I still think Montreal Johnson has a large role in this offense. Hopefully he can break out. I think there's a little funk there, um, but um, he's still got a role. Still got a role, but I do agree. Um, watch, watch the attempts. Rushing attempts for ETN. Does he get around that 20 mark? 23 versus Tennessee. Uh, will Florida need that again from him? And maybe this is the game Montreal Johnson goes off. I mean, we don't know. But yeah, I, I, I agree. If if the run game is at that point where it doesn't look like much is going, then we need to see the shift. We need to see the move of getting ETN involved a little bit more. All right, there we go. All orange. We're wearing the orange right here. Had to go, of course, the orange out. You know, when we play Kentucky, you just don't wear blue. You just don't wear blue. Everybody knows you, you, you rock the orange this week. <laughs> so, all right. All right, guys. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Florida, Kentucky preview and prediction right here. 27-17 Gators is my pick. I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC at Gators Breakdown. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown.